MotorCityGaming.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, I'm going to say it again, disc jam lover, Jazzy Fiddle! Get hype, I'm like the disc jam champion of the world, so suck it, Deadite! Yeah, do not try to usurp my crown as the true <laughs> disc jam champion. And let's introduce our producers, Deadite Knight and Cable2KX. The real disc jam Goat. What up, though? Welcome to the real episode 181. That's a typo, but I'm going to read it anyways because I'm basically. You're like Ron Burgundy. I'll you read, just read anything what's on the that's screen. on the prompter. Welcome to episode 181 of the GameZilla podcast, brought to you by our lovely sponsors. Well, let me tell you something about the Detroit Beer Collective. Gee, we like her. Woo, doggy! It is the greatest place on the entire interweb where you can purchase official hair care products. Hot damn! Now, let's specifically focus in on talking about beard shampoo. Yeah, I know that you less civilized gentlemen out there tend to just grab your suave shampoo and rub it from your top of your head down into your beard. Because you're damn fools. And if you're doing that, then boy, let me tell you, your miners will be rubbing dog feces into your beard. Dog feces. Because you're treating it like crap. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Now, what you need to do is order yourself a beard crate with beard shampoo, beard elixir, beard butter for styling, and, of course, a comb so you keep it looking good. You can do all this at DetroitBeardCollector.com, have it shipped directly to your home, and guess what? At Motor City Gaming, they're helping you save. You can use the checkout code MC Gaming to save 20% on orders $25 or more. That's MC Gaming at checkout at DetroitBeardCollector.com. Keep that dog feces out of your beard. Gee willikers! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo, Poppy, did I tell them when they can get that? great beard care product stuff again. Well, let me tell you, young little Jazzy, you can get it at DetroitBeardCollective.com. That's a website, and it's in fact on the internet. That is what my nephew told me. My God, old fart dad, I actually had some good advice for once. Well, you know, if you ain't uh, taking care of your beard, the only other good advice I have for you is blazing this jam. <laughs> What? <laughs> wow. All right, Jazzy, follow that up. You can influence this podcast to get early access to everything GameZilla has to offer by going to patreon.com slash GameZilla podcast. Like A-Bomb, <coughs> who sent us a question that says, hey, guys and gals, I'm assuming by gals, he means me. Okay, cool. Playing Mario Odyssey. I couldn't help but be disappointed when I made it to the top of the tower in the Sand Kingdom and could not jump off and use my cape to fly down. Breath of the Wild has ruined every game for me that does not allow being able to do that. 
similar things happened in Horizon Zero Dawn when I tried to climb the side of a mountain like I did in Breath of the Wild and could not. My question, do you think developers have taken notice of the freedom you have in Breath of the Wild and from now on will incorporate it into all games moving forward? Or is there still a place in game world restrictions, uh, lack of freedom? Hugs and kisses! I don't know how to do a hug sound effect, so I'm just going to do more kisses. Adam Bomb Diggity-tastic. Please don't do that again. Yeah, I would say never, <laughs> never again, never again. He's going to love the when way the, I read that. When the video He's going to send me a personal <laughs> message. When the video producer chimes in... Uh, you know, you, you know, you've gone too yeah, far. But the producers chime in, yeah. and we're like, "This is our show. Back yeah. the yeah. fuck off." Yeah, you know, you've gone too far. Um, so I said the same thing about Horizon Zero Dawn. I made the mistake of not finishing Horizon Zero Dawn before Breath of the Wild came out, and I was loving Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a great game and deserves to be in the running for Game of the Year. But when I played Breath of the Wild, I was just mesmerized by just exploration and climbing and just finding different ways to achieve things and that was i think that's the that's the the point of freedom that's exciting is that here's an objective and yes you can do it the way that the game designer like wanted you to but then you can also technically break the rules because you have this free roam and you can knock a boulder down a cliff and you can do all these weird things to also get the objective in different ways to the point where the developer was like didn't even think that was possible until you did it and that's super cool Mm -hmm. Um, so when I went back to Horizon, I was like, I'm just going to run and jump this this mountain right here. And I'm like, oh, I can't climb it because there's no designated gripping spot like in how it works in Horizon. And I'm like, oh, this is very, like, it takes me out of the game. Like, it, it feels too, you know, invisible walls, right, is what we talked about back in the, in the day when this was brought up. So I do I think, um, to your question, do I think they've taken notice? I don't know because... You know, you can look directly at Mario Odyssey, and it feels very, it feels very much like Zelda. But you just mentioned that you can't do something in Mario that you could do in Zelda. So, like directly from Nintendo, you can see that they're not like saying, "Hey, all these games have to be like Breath of the Wild." I think open world needs to be a little more open world, and that I think that's yeah. where that's where the line gets drawn. Right? Is that games like Witcher, games like Horizon, games like uh, just recently Assassin's Creed Origins? These open worlds need to have less invisible walls, and and the developer needs to spend just a little more time to try to merge and give you more flexibility instead of just saying, "Hey." Uh, this giant mountain, there's one way to scale it. And that's tough now when you saw a game that really is on a handheld device allow you to do it a completely different way. Right. I think it depends on the developer. Um, obviously, it takes a little bit more to develop a completely open-world concept like Zelda Breath of the Wild. So it really is up to the open-world developers to want to put the time in and allow their game to do that. So... Um, Larger companies like we had meant, like we and you had mentioned, uh, Gorilla with um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that they have the ability to put something like that in their game. Um, with that being said, this was their first attempt at an RPG, not not an FPS. So I think um, going forward, if they do another open world concept game, you'll probably see something like that. And mind you, Horizon Zero Dawn is a great game. Oh like, yeah, like it's going to be a contender for Game of the Year. So like, I don't mean anything ill towards it, but but that was my direct thought when I played them both. I was like, oh, 
why why do I need to look for the bird droppings on the mountain as to where I need to climb? Because yeah. like, that's what it looked like to me. Either someone drew chalk so that I knew where to grab because I'm this super badass character in Aloy that can't scale a mountain unless someone shows me where I need to scale it. Yeah, and it depends on the type of, you know... Besides like, that one, besides like that one niche, that mm-hmm. one, besides that one thing, I love the game, right? Yeah. But that, yep, but that, that to me was just really like, gets you going. yeah, it just gets me going because a they in the trailers they they played a lot to this whole like mountain scaling thing and jumping off cliffs and doing like doing all this sh- stuff, and then it became very like that part of the game was super linear, mm-hmm. super linear, and I was kind of like meh, like and and you you said it yourself. Like, I know somehow Cable was having problems with it. I don't know how, but everyone else in the world was like, it was like automatic. You just pushed the joystick in one direction and you scaled the mountain. There was no, there's no difficulty to scaling, to, to climbing at all. Oh, like, I couldn't climb up a wall in Zelda, yeah. In Zelda, you looked at the mountain and you go, do I have enough stamina? Because if I get into the middle of this mountain, I am effed in the A and going to die. You right. know, like, like there was, you had to think about it. So I don't. Yeah, it depends on the type of game too. Uh, I feel Horizon was a little like they might have developed it like that to be more linear because they were really trying to push the story base of that game. So they wanted to like not allow you to miss something that they had planned or put into the game. So we'll see. I I think that uh, to answer the question, yeah, the open world concept needs to be more open world for sure. Yeah. I think people are definitely taking notice that, that, let's be honest, Breath of the Wild is the favorite to win Game of the Year, and it's going to win Game of the Year because of its game design. So anybody des- developing an open-world game should at least take into consideration why people liked Breath of the Wild. If, yeah. you, if you don't, then I think you're an idiot. So, Well, thanks for the question, A-Bomb. Once again, that is from patreon.com slash Podcast. Become a patron today, and you can get great perks like, I don't know, voting on Fight fight Night, Fight Night, Fight Club, Fight Club, or Fight Night, if it's the night of the Fight Club. You never know. (laughs) Do you remember what what the producer said about, man, you guys really did a good job in Alpha this week. It's because I was looking at him and was super nervous. No, yeah, if you want to listen to a good podcast, listen to this this week's episode of GameZilla Alpha. Both Jazzy and Grim did an excellent job hosting that show. They brought a great subject. They, They nailed everything. And then I get here and... Jazzy can't barely talk. Jazzy, do you do drugs before the show on Monday? What had happened was Alpha is actually recorded by Jazzy 2 and Grimlock 2. Oh, I'm fine on this episode and that episode. I'm I'm just saying, half this this duo is doing okay right now. There are AI robots like Sophia. We don't have citizenship yet, but we're we're getting there. But yeah, they just record that show for us. And since they're like programmed AI, they still mess. That's up. what I tell Jazzy. I don't know. Like I, I show up every Thursday. I just need a break from them, so I built an AI Jazzy. <laughs> that's I, I superior don't, to the real Jazzy. I don't like all this robot talk. Jazzy made me watch some sort of super advanced AI. Her thing. name's Sophia. I don't like her, and she can go directly to robot hell. <laughs> that's not very nice. Robot I'm hell sorry. is not a nice place. It's I'm not. Sorry, the robot Sophia. devil is serious. Man. Anyways. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Podcast. All right. Well, thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, we're going to get into some team talk right now, talk about what we've been playing lately. Deadeye, uh, how you been? What's new? I mean, besides the fact that you don't own a Switch anymore. 
Yeah, my my wife took it over this weekend. To be fair, I I got asked multiple times if I wanted to play Mario. She's like, oh, you know, I can play Luigi's Mansion on the DS if you want to play Mario. And I played some Mario this weekend, but I was living my best life this weekend. I had the game room rocking. I had uh, Michigan State football going on the small TV. I had I had my lady next to me playing Switch, and I. I made a, a decision that was a long time coming. In fact, I feel like I've wasted a whole month of my life because I got hooked on the October free game of the month. And I've known for a long time this was a good game because I know Grim has played it to a, a high level of addiction. Also, Chops from Legend of Retro has played it to a, a, a deep level of addiction. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of feel like playing a game that's not story driven that I don't have to get sucked into so I can enjoy my football game here in the room. I was like, let me download Skyforce. It's free. Skyforce Anniversary Edition. So good. I have no idea what it is. Okay, I, I, that's not true. I did not expect to get pulled so deeply into this game. And oh, I do know why it's addictive because it, you know it's a top-down, you know, airplane shooter, just like uh I guess I'm blanking on a, a good one. R-Type side-scrolling, isn't it? R-Type, Ikuruga. Yeah, like it's, it's um, that kind of game. Yeah. So Battle Axe. Which is a, a, Axe a genre I've enjoyed. Galaga. And I, yeah. I, kind of, yeah. It's close enough. 1942. Yes. So, a genre of games I enjoy. <laughs> Jazzy's like, that's just a year. What the hell? <laughs> it's a game, Jazzy. Prom- <laughs> we promise you. And so you start off, and the, the first level has a very moderate level of difficulty, and you have different goals you have to achieve to earn medals to unlock the next level. It's not just about beating the boss at the end of every level. You have to go through and defeat 70% of the enemies, 100% of the enemies, go untouched, and um, what was the last medal on each level? Oh, rescue all of the, yeah, the stranded uh, humans that are that are along the way. Mm-hmm. And as you go, you collect uh, currency, little stars, that help you level up various aspects of your 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 plane. And that's what got super addicting because I get to love and go, this was hard. Let me go back a level, grind through, hit all the metals, and then level up my guns, level up my shields, level up, you know, get more lasers. So and- here's a here's a free game of the month, Bungie, that maybe you want to pay attention to to explain to you how grinding equals payoff. Just saying. And it's true. Skyforce can do it. it it's, an, it's a great example of... A game that not only the levels are very replayable, I was never bored replaying even the first level multiple times to grind, but the, there's actually not that many levels. There's only nine levels in the game. But I play them all over and over and over. I agree with you. It's, yeah. Bungie, stuck in 1942. Nice. Mm-hmm. Roasted. So uh, so I think that's no longer free. I feel like I always play the free games like right at the end of the go, hey, sorry, it's not free anymore. It's still worth whatever it costs. Yeah, if it's like a $15 or $20 game and you like that style of game, uh, you'll you'll get hooked. It's available on Vita and PS4. It's cross-buy, isn't it? It's cross-buy, cross-play. So, uh, yeah, you can you can play it on your Vita and your PS4. So if you're one of the dozen people that own a PlayStation Vita. Yeah, I own two. Yeah, so uh, you own one because I'm stealing one of them tonight. <laughs> so I can play Skyforce that while I That is 100% understandable. Uh, yeah, it's great on the Vita as well. The only thing I'll say is that if you're trying to accomplish some of the uh, tasks that you were talking about, uh, you can't beat the PS4. Like I would play, I played it nonstop on the Vita. That's where I found it first, and then I realized because I had it on the Vita that I could play it on the PS4. Well, when I went and played on the PS4, my first time playing it, 
I achieved something that I had been trying over and over and over again on the Vita, and I just think bigger screen, a little bit nicer joysticks allowed me to be a little little bit better at the game. Can I can I also bring up something that Skyforce does that the fact other games don't don't do is utter nonsense. What's that? There is a leaderboard at the end of every level that shows me what my friends have achieved in this game. So every time I would die or complete a level, I would see where I stack up against Chops, where I stack up against Grim, and my other friends that have played the game, and that was a driving force. It bothers me that when I played Sonic Mania, a game that keeps a score for no reason whatsoever, that I couldn't just easily have a list in front of me that shows me exactly what all of my friends who are playing Sonic Mania on Switch have done score-wise. Because that's what it's all about. I mean, it, it, right now with the with couch co-op and, and online multiplayers, you're always kind of comparing yourself to other players. So, But the most important players you compare yourself to are your friends list. And I think you're right, is that some games do have that functionality, but they bury it so deep into their game that you never go look at it. Because it's it's fun, you know, again, I know you and Chops have beaten the game. So the chase of, okay, how close can I get to your scores after you guys have put a bunch of time into the game is really fun. And I think that's a simple playability and, and adds replay value. You know, I know, you know, you guys talk a lot about how great trophies are and how that adds replayability to a game. But just a leaderboard between your group of friends, to me, on a simple arcade-style game like this, adds a ton of playability to it. I agree. So uh, that, that was just, I guess, my, my highlight my week of gaming is really digging into that game, and I love it. Jazzy, um, just so you know, there's some people on Twitch that think you look super sexy in that gray T-shirt. So <laughs> congratulations on that compliment. But what have you been playing lately? I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite. Um, hop back into that. I got another Royale victory or whatever it's uh-huh. called. Yep. Um, it's funny the way I did it though because uh, I was playing this weekend. My mom walked into the room and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Playing Fortnite Battle Royale." And she's like, "What's that?" And I'm like trying to explain to her what like a battle royale type of game is. I was like, "Well, they drop 99 people on this island and you're the hundredth and you have to like survive and be the last one alive and then you win." And she's like. Why wouldn't you just hide until, like, you're the last (laughs) one and then shoot the last person? I was like, that's a tactic. You can do that. And she's like, well, yeah, just do that and you'll win. And then the very next game I hopped in, I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I literally did that. I just hid and, like, gathered stuff and then hid and kept getting in the circle and then waited until I was the last one alive with somebody else and then sniped him in the head and won. <laughs> so I had the one kill, and I was like, oh, well, I guess she's right. I guess that's a pretty decent tactic. Can your mom come over to my house and watch me game and coach me? <laughs> I mean, maybe. She, uh, you, know, you know, Ethan, if you would just kill more people than what killed you, you'd probably win. <laughs> thank, thank Thanks, Mama, Mama Jesse. <laughs> Tells it like it is, man. She just shoots she drops it like it's hot, you know. <laughs> uh, we had a hell of a time trying to get the 64 hooked up to our 70-inch Vizio and uh, couldn't get it done. So now we're in the living room playing Dr. Mario. Um, which I did beat her at this time. Dr. Mario 64. 64, correct. Is that the first time in 30-something years? It might be. Yeah. Uh, I think she might have been taking it easy on me, or she's just more rusty than I am, which could be possible. She's taking it easy on you. I've seen your skills. And then um, some League. And I've determined in League of Legends, I am going to only play one champion for the rest of my remaining time ever playing League of Legends. And that is Kog'Maw with the Pugmaw skin on. Pentakill. Just... So that I could hit Control One, 
And when you hit Control One in the in the Pugmaw skin, he literally just scoots his because he's a little dog like skin. And he scoots his ass around in a circle <laughs> like a dog wiping his ass in the carpet. And he goes, he did it so many times in the match that I play with them that I I accident I didn't realize I was doing it, but when I didn't hear it. I was going in the microphone. <laughs> and then, of course, he'd control one. But, uh, yeah. It was a fun match. Yeah. It was a fun match. <laughs> Mind you, he's doing this in the middle of battles. He's actually not fighting and causing damage. He's just rubbing his ass around on the ground while we're all doing the hard it's work. It's called taunting, all right? It's I, a tactic. I, I know what it's Was this called. a game at ARAM or what were you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. ARAM. Okay, yeah. so a little less A-Ram. serious. I was like, if you, yeah, I imagine you could be in death threats. but more chaotic. Yeah, so it's yeah. like... Instead of like me scooting my ass around on the ground in front of like two people, it's their whole team trying to kill us. Yeah. So I was really. I was actually surprised <laughs> at your success rate. Actually, that's, I, yeah. I will give you that. <clears throat> they must have been enjoying it as much as we were. I, I hope they were. Cable, how you been? What's new with you? Not much. Still playing that league. That's it. All league. And some Call of Duty. I played that. What? What? Call of Duty? Call of Duty what? Call of Duty like Modern Warfare? Yes, um, World War II. And World War II? Why don't you tell the people how you ended up with this game? This is a pretty good story. It's a... Uh, <sighs> can, can you switch the camera over to you so everyone on Twitch can see your shame? There's, no, cam- there's no, no, camera. no camera. I stole it from him. He stole it. Oh, you want to switch the seats really quick? No. He wasn't using it, so I took it. Yeah. Because I started streaming. Nice. I had originally got it so I can get into the beta from Amazon and mm-hmm. Amazon for whatever reason didn't send me my code so I just looked through my email one day and I saw I had an email from Activision because I've been in their forums for like years back when I was in the clan leagues of playing Call of Duty on like, back when it was pro I wasn't a pro back when it was semi-pro like pro. MLG and game battles and all that kind of stuff <laughs> So I still get <laughs> all that kind of. I mean, I was a pro. I was just in all these game battles. I still get their emails and I still get invites from um, like to betas and stuff like that. Since I was back around that time, um, tell so, the people how you got the copy of the game. <laughs> you forgot you even pre-ordered it. I forgot I pre-ordered it and it I saw an email. House. I saw an email in the same day it showed up at my house. I was like, I didn't order this. Where the hell did this come from? And I looked and it says, yeah, your your shipment has been sent and delivered. I was like, fuck. That was <laughs> then 60 gets, bucks. Then he gets want. home and it's already opened. Yes. My, I was like, I'm just going to send it back. I don't want it. My brother's like, he got to it first and was like, you don't mind opening it, do you? I'm like, are you going to pay 60 bucks for it now? Because I don't want it. Man. <laughs> but now you're playing it. And they I want it. They sucked you in. They got you. It's fun. They it's, got you. They changed up a lot of stuff in the game. Like the. Is it time super fast paced? He's gonna though. no. He's gonna it's like it. It's actually a lot slower place, and you, you like it. I guarantee. If you actually play it, you like it. Let's be honest. Guarantee. That's a guarantee. lofty yeah. statement. That's a cable. I think you will a like cable it. guarantee. A cable guarantee. Oh my god! I'm taking these headphones back off. <laughs> cable guarantee. Pencil Wolverine guarantee. I might have Little to pick tea. this game up now. It's a cable guarantee. It's pencil a cable Wolverine guarantee. Buy yeah. the game. You don't, you don't get a pencil Wolverine guarantee unless this shit's serious. It's, it's a lot of fun. I I think you really enjoy it. It's a lot of game modes. It's written in lead. Here's my problem, Cable. Here's my problem. I want to see the longevity because right now it's a lot of fun and it, and it, and it's changed your mind on the game. But in a month, 
I want to see that you're not playing Overwatch, that you're not playing League, that you're not playing Battlefront 2, and that that's sitting on your shelf getting dust. It's probably going to get a lot more play because they added seasons, and I want to see how well I do in the season. I, that actually has me Man. interested to see how well I, I do in the season. Remember the last time you gave me a guarantee it was a Call of Duty game, and I hated it. No, you actually liked it. Both no. of you actually no, liked it. No, it was hot garbage. You, no. oh. Man, I remember. I got proof. Call I got video. <laughs> Call of Money is is the worst. I I played the Infinite Warfare beta that and it horrible. gave me anal fissures. Like <laughs> it just was awful. That game was awful. Yeah. <laughs> How's the story mode in this game? Really good. Really, really See, good. Now, they stepped I, it up. I might I might accidentally pre-order no, it and then it shows up in my house. No, you won't, because you got you got Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. There's 15 hours right there. You got Battlefront yeah. 2, which you're going to end up grabbing because everybody's going to end up grabbing it. That'll and be then, like a week and yeah. then I'll put it down. We'll see. And then and then you have um, League that you're not going to back down from because yeah. preseason's about to hit, which means all the changes yeah, are here. Changes. It's all going to be brand new. Yeah. Like, there's no time. So if you do buy it, it's just going to go on your shelf like so many games that I buy go on my shelf. I have so many games that are still sealed. Yeah, don't be a Grimlock. Don't be a deadite. I agree. I 100% agree that you shouldn't be a Grimlock. I waste so much money that if I just held... Can we cut that for the soundboard? Don't be a Grimlock. If I just held off on games, I would save so much money because they lose value so quick that I could just buy them up and still have them in my collection. But no, I'm that guy that's like, I need a day one, and then I play two rounds of Injustice, and I throw it on my shelf because I've got something else to do. And you suck me into it sometimes, too. I know. I mean, yeah, Don't be a Grimlock yeah. and buy Last Let, Guardian. Let's be honest. This, this podcast, everything started initially. <laughs> it all happened because I like influenced people into gaming, and I influenced people into joining the show. And then and then us three, Deadite, Chops, and myself, started the show where people that weren't even playing video games anymore, but people like Jazzy Fiddle that wasn't even part of the team, He's just some guy that like kind of played league here and there, and that was it. And then like BMC, who had given up on video games all the way around, and now he's buying an and, Xbox One X yeah, Scorpio. Edition. And now they're like all in, man. It's like I'm a pretty good drug dealer. I just do it with legal legal product. I mean, if you are going to get it, I guess wait for Black Friday because it's forty five bucks instead <laughs> yeah. of paying six. No, yeah. that yeah, probably not going to get it. Pre order it for Black Friday. I guess. Probably, probably not going to get it. Pre order. <laughs> It'll show up at your house, and I have to keep it right because yeah. my brother opened it. All right. Well, I uh, I started up streaming again. So uh, this the other night I streamed under my own account, Grimlock the Dino, um, or no, sorry, Grimlock underscore MCG. That's what that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a weird little, little account, but um, it's just my test account. So I was doing that to set because I, I rebuilt my streaming rig in in the game room, and uh, wanted to test everything out. Now that I, I played four hours of Fortnite on the stream, everything went great. So a few people hung out with me. Now we'll transition the streaming over to uh, Twitch.tv slash Podcast, our main account. So I'll start streaming again along with Cable and a few other people that, that are regular streamers on that channel. But I did get to play a lot of Flo- uh, Fortnite because of that, and I really like the game. It's fun. Uh, I like the crafting mechanic. Surprisingly, it's super interesting to, you know, I, I was watching streamers while I was working on the website because the website got a facelift the, over, the, over the last week. And... I started noticing all the cool ideas that these streamers were using with the crafting ability just to like some their, their buddy's down, right? He's not dead, but he's down. So they'd build a they'd build a little house basically so that they could have protection to pick their guy, their buddy up. Or they get to late game and they the, the, these two teams that were left like two teams of 3 each were were left and they're building these towers. 
these damn these towers up into the sky and then they're sniping each other from the top of the tower to see who's going to win this and i was like this is crazy it's it's really fun um interesting how some of like these the hidden chests are up in the attic uh, of these houses so you got to like pickaxe the the ceiling down and then build your own ramp up there to get extra better guns and, and equipment mm-hmm. and overall i just i had a lot of fun with it i haven't gotten my uh my royal victory yet but i've gotten down to that last circle where it was you know me versus one other person so it's been close but i also uh have been trying to get better at the game so i'm dropping into cities where half of the group is dropping into yeah. forcing myself to get better finding a gun quick and then and fighting because that's the biggest thing that i think I didn't do in PUBG, so I was never comfortable when we got into an altercation. And so here, I've definitely, in a short couple of days I've been playing this game, I feel a lot better in Fortnite as far as being able to actually compete against other people when it comes to shooting each other. The only <clears throat> problem I have with Fortnite is I feel like the bandage and like med kit is so long. That's really long. The sprinting is really slow and, and kind of almost does it sometimes you double click and you actually cancel your sprint because you can't tell that you're even sprinting yeah. um you know i'm not saying the game's perfect and i'm i'm excited for PUBG to come to xbox uh you know because i got my xbox one x showing up tomorrow so i um i'm very excited for that in december but this is a great free game to hold me over you know until that happens and uh i've been having fun with that and i'll be streaming more of it uh, this coming week besides that i've been playing a lot of league uh, with Cable, Jazzy, and uh, some of our other friends. And we've been you know, having fun, actually, having some success. Uh, found a new champ that Jazzy was the one that told me I'm good at. He goes, here, I'm going to trade you this guy. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you're better with <laughs> I him. I saw him play him once, and I was like, hey, he did all right. <laughs> yeah. So I like was trying to motivate him. So like, he trades me Zareth, this mid laner mage that you know, has range, though. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're playing ARAM, so I'm, I'm down to try whoever. And I go 24, 4, and 22. And I'm like, wow. And then I get him again later on. And I'm like, 27 and 22. And I'm like, all right, Jazzy, I guess you were right. I'm good with this guy. And like, I just thought it was funny because I've never thought about playing him. But you remember this one random game yep, that I played like as him. And uh, yeah, your call out was, uh, was yeah. right. He fits into my play style. I was like, man, he's pretty, he, he could play a pretty mean Zareth, I think. Also, he had Tarek, and I knew he was going to like hate playing Tarek. Because his rework is just unique, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, You're being so kind. And um, yeah, so we gave yeah. him Zareth and he's just killing it. Yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, obviously I've been playing some Super Mario Odyssey, all uh, in handheld mode mostly, uh, just when I'm not when I'm move around the house or on the go. And then besides that, I uh, I did pick up something. Uh, you did something very Grimlocky. Yep, something very Grimlocky. <laughs> I told myself that the Metroid 3DS was going to be my last 3DS. And for those of you that know me, I have many uh, DS systems. Uh, I have a lot of 3DSs, period. But I also have many DS systems. And it's just something I like to con- uh, con- collect because they do a lot of limited editions. They do a lot of unique uh, versions. And they're not... I mean... I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm rich, but they're not expensive. It's not a $400 console I'm trying to buy 18 of, you know. And um, I had the opportunity to pick up this Pokeball 2DS uh, edition, that, and I turned it down from uh, a, a member in the Discord. And then I go to go buy dog food today. I'm like, eh, I'll go look in the game section. Sometimes this place has some wacky prices, and I'll just, you know, and I find something for a good deal that probably shouldn't be that cheap. 
It wasn't the case today, but <laughs> sitting in there, we're all hopeful, like, oh, Grim saved 50 bucks on this thing or something. No, not the case. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm sitting there, I look down in the glass, and there's one green and black, one white and orange, standard 2DSs, and then kind of hidden behind it is this Pokemon box. And I was like, oh my god, they actually have a Pokemon one. And I think about it, I think about it, and... I mean, you know what happens next. I uh, I came home with it. It's actually it's my first new 2DS because they they love this marketing of sticking with the same exact name and just putting the word new in front of it. So it's the first new 2DS I uh, I own, and my God, is it it's beautiful? Like it's a really well designed system. Like like you can tell that this is the last generation of DS. Like, you can tell they put a lot of thought into the, into the design. It's more comfortable to hold. It's beautiful. Um, and then, you know, they put, they put even a nice little touch to that the Pokeball top, um, the actual button is a button. It doesn't make any sound effects, but the fact that it's just it's actually a button, like, when you, if you had a Pokeball in your hand, you, you feel like, you know, you know you would push that button to activate it. They just put, put a nice little subtle touch on it. Overall... Uh, it's super nice. The screen's beautiful. The cartridge is recessed and covered now, so you don't have that accidental cartridge removal. And, uh, yeah, I think the only gripe I have is that the stylus is pure garbage because it's just a little nub. It doesn't extend. Hmm. So it's just kind of like for anybody with decent-sized hands, it's completely useless. It works great with me and my little baby hands. Exactly. So, but yeah, uh, I picked that <laughs> I picked that up. Um, it's like that Burger King here's commercial. Cool thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't eat a Whopper because I got these tiny little yeah, yeah. hand insecurities. I paid, I paid $159.99 for it, right? $160. And I was like, yeah, this is, that's fine. Whatever. I want it. And I opened it up, and there's a charger inside of it. And I was like, oh, really? That's nice, because I'm so used to buying, like, the Metroid and the Pokemon editions and then having to, like, scrounge around for my other charger because they don't come with chargers. So that is the one thing I will say is that the new 2DS, I don't know of all of them, but I, I guess maybe all the, the new 2DS XL models uh, actually come with a charger. So... There you have it. Uh, I really like it. It's nice. It's super nice. I've uh, I held EA Spuds has an import uh, Japanese 2DS that I got to hold and uh, and then holding your Pokemon one and it really is a very refined DS. Yep, that is a picture of me on Twitch. The freak with the little hands in the Burger King commercial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's why I only eat at White Castle. <laughs> it makes me feel like a real man, but. Yeah, it's it's a super nice piece of hardware. So if you don't have a DS or you're ready to upgrade, it's certainly worth looking into. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to this week. Uh, you can let us know what you're up to by joining the Discord. It's free. You go right to the updated website, MotorCityGaming.com. You go right there, right on the homepage, you're going to see a big Discord logo and a button that says, Join the MCG Discord. You get to talk with gamers from around the world every day. So come hang out, talk about Nintendo, talk about what games you're playing. It's also a great way to uh, meet people and join up on their gameplay. If you want to play some Fortnite with us, that's usually where we'll call it out to try to find a squad to run with. Oh, besides that, I do have one more plug. Uh, we do have a collaboration going with streamer Sheriff of Patty. Uh, we are giving away a Logitech G703 wireless gaming mouse. This is a super Ooh. nice mouse. This is one of the newer uh, mice that uh, Logitech's uh, developing with the Hero Sensor uh, and the Lagless Wireless. It is a it's a very awesome mouse. 
Um, and you can sign up for that giveaway. It's going through the month of November. So you can sign up for that uh, right on our social media pages. So you can just look for Motor City Gaming, uh, Gamesville Podcast, and you'll find a lot of the posts there. We'll also have a button launching tonight on the homepage of the website where you'll be able to enter. Uh, and you can get several entries by following us and the Sheriff of Patty uh, in different areas of social media. So, yeah. I'm right. going to win it. Uh, you're not eligible, but there you go. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, other than that, I think it's uh, time to get into some news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. So we got a lot of news to go through. Obviously, we had some uh, more conventions happen over this past week, but we're going to start with PlayStation, and something happened finally. I don't know what took them so long, but PlayStation Didn't trophies... Change. Nope. Dang it. PlayStation trophies, though, can now be used to pay for games. Oh. Hmm. So you can now, through the uh, PlayStation rewards, the Sony reward system, you can now earn points based off the trophies that you earn in-game. It's not going to be easy, and anything you've earned previously does not count. So, sorry, the, you know, I'm a level 13, I think, with, like, hundreds of bronze, hundreds of silver, a few platinums. Doesn't matter. You're not getting anything. Why are you calling me out? You got to tell everybody about my trophies. Man, your trophies are, like, zero, man. Okay, zero. (laughs) Anyways, um... (laughs) Man, I live for trophies. A lot of room for growth, though. But here's the good <laughs> news. Here's the good news. If you get bronze trophies, they're worth nothing. So good job. And earn your trophies and, and be proud of them. Silver trophies, though, 100 silver trophies are worth 100 points. 25 gold trophies are worth 250 points. And 10 platinum trophies are worth 1,000 points. Now you're going to ask me, what does that mean, right? Is a point a penny? <laughs> <laughs> 10 no. platinums is 1,000 points. And that gets you a $10 gift card or $10 credit onto the PSN network. How generous of you, Sony. <laughs> I mean, it's better than nothing, I, was I guess. Say, you might as well sign up because it's, you know, it's yeah. better than nothing. It's still it's not a good rewards program. I think it should All be a little All you need to more. do is platinum 60 games. Free game. Yeah. Man, you know, when you I put- don't know anybody that has 60 platinums. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure they're out there, oh, but yeah. I don't know anybody there's, that has there's 60. There's some people that... Well, there's some people that that's all they do. That's right. that's their goal. That's trophy their hunters, yeah. yeah, they're trophy hunters. But um, yeah, it, it's not a gigantic payoff, but it is better than nothing. And um, you know, maybe over time you develop up a cr- enough credit where you pick up an indie game that you weren't planning on buying, or or your AAA game is just cheaper than full price. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it it is interesting. Um, or you want that avatar? Is. At least they're look. At least they're looking at what they can do more with it, right? You know. So, um, but yeah, that that's that's that gigantic developer, uh, Mo Motgia Mo Motaga Motagia Motagia. I don't know. I can't read. I, I don't Mo- even know why I tried. Motaga. I don't know. I'm going with Motaga. <laughs> uh, is they are the creator of Torch, <laughs> the developer of Torchlight, and um, they're closing. Ooh. And the reason why this is. Uh, the reason why this is interesting is because uh, Gigantic is a is a relatively new game that we saw a lot of um, in large scale 
at these conventions this yeah, year. Yeah, the pack circuit for yeah, sure. Yeah, the pack circuit. They had they had major Lines. major booth size. This wasn't like the little guy or the medium guy. This was like full size booth. It was like you're almost the same size as Sony's booth. You know, like and um, so surprising to hear that uh, that the studio is gonna be uh, is gonna be closing. So. The good news is that people that have been enjoying Gigantic, uh, it, that is still getting support. So the, the the publisher is shifting gears, getting some some of their other studios to support the game. Um, so it's not going anywhere, but we're just that that uh, company that was, I mean, really became known because of Torchlight and because you know is uh, they're kind of they're done. It was almost a couple yeah. couple games and done. They don't really. It doesn't really explain wh- what the uh, staff reduction. They call it staff reduction, but the studio is actually closing. So for me, it's like, like I get what you're trying to do, but you're closing doors. Like it's it's complete. It's complete like loss. Um, but yeah, Perfect World Entertainment um, stands committed to delivering the best massively multiplayer online gameplay for its players and promises that, um, gigantic will still receive support. But, um, yeah, the Seattle office of runic games, uh, as part of its company's strategy to focus on online games as a service. That's the reasoning as to why they're reorganizing their, their studios. Yeah. They didn't have the money to pay them, so yeah. they let them go. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You can read more about it if you want, if you're a fan of the studio or you're a fan of, of Gigantic. Um, but it is it is sad because the game looked really cool. The art style was unique. Um, it had that it had that uh, Overwatch MOBA like mi- like hybrid feel to it. You and, know what it looked a lot it looked, like. It looked like a lot yeah, of fun it, for a cooperative. Is it a Battleborn clone? It looked a lot like Battleborn. It did, but it looked cooler because like what? Yeah, it looked way cooler because it's not Battleborn. <laughs> yeah. Anything looked cooler than Battleborn. I'm, I'm getting this. This hating Brink, on Battleborn's getting Brink old. looks better than Battleborn. Stop it. <laughs> That's enough. All right. <laughs> that is absolutely too far. <laughs> Next topic: Super Mario Odyssey is the fastest selling Mario game ever in the United States and Europe. So. The U.S. market accounts for 1.1 million copies alone, overtaking launch sales of new Super Mario Bros. for the Wii. Uh, in Europe, the game eclipsed reigning champion Super Mario Galaxy 2 opening weekend sales, um, but no official number was given. But, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a great sign for the Switch and for Mario himself. Um, it's not surprising news because we knew that uh they had sold over two million copies in just three days like that was a big thing that they released uh right right out the gate with mario but to but for them to officially confirm that it is the fastest selling mario game ever in in north america um you know in the u.s that is um that's impressive when you think of how popular mario's been and some of these games have come out you know and um it also shows the health of the switch is that these games are selling because people are playing their switch yeah yeah, so. I don't feel like I've seen any like hindrance of people being able to get it either. There wasn't a lot like they've made enough copies of this game to oh, that yeah. everybody that wanted one that owns a Switch got one. And the other cool thing, like, so I went in for a midnight launch. It was like not only was there plenty of copies, but then right next to the copies was a stack of the Mario Edition Switch that people were just grabbing. They weren't pre-orders; they were just freely grabbing them. Yeah. So, like, to me, I walked in. And yeah, I'm sure if I would have waited till the next day, it may have been a different story. But if I wanted one, 
I went out as early as I could, and I had the pick, whatever I wanted. And that was so that Nintendo as a whole, as far as what they're supplying and what they're giving to the, you know, to the consumer seems to be good. It seems to like they are, are delivering product at a faster pace than we've seen in the past. I'm pretty sure we still have them at my store. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And they're a great looking system with the double red, the double red joy con. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, so that good news for Mario, good news for Nintendo. Uh, keeping up with that, uh, some interesting analytics came out from Nintendo is how Nintendo Switch owners play their system. And this was, this was pretty, uh, pretty interesting because uh, about half of the people that own a Switch play it both ways, right? And that's, that's what we expect, you know, is that they're going to play it docked. Oh, we're talking docked versus handheld. Docked versus okay. handheld, yep. So they, they play it on the go. They play a handheld in their house, but they also dock it and play it on their TV. But then the surprising stats was that um, thirty percent play have play it handheld or have only ever played it handheld. Really? Yeah. So, so and, thir- you're saying there's thirty percent of Switch owners that have just never plugged never it into their it. TV, primarily handheld, or never have plugged it in. Hmm. And actually, I know a few people. Like I know for a fact that uh, DPK, yeah. our good our good friend, has never put never docked it. Really? I know for the longest time, this guy was handheld only. Honestly, I dock it to charge it, and then I think I've only actually played it docked a couple times for Splatoon 2, and that's it. Yeah, and the thing is is that the experience is so good handheld that people just they don't even feel like they need to dock it. It's really funny. I, I would say I primarily play handheld because I played a lot on the go and at work. But there's a part of me that when I like sit down on the couch and I put it in the dock and I pull out, pull out my pro controller, I get excited like I'm treating myself. Like, oh man, I'm gonna play it on the big screen with the pro controller. It's a very weird feeling of like satisfaction, and I, I can't explain it. And I guess I don't because to me that does seem like a superior way to play it in my in my vision. Uh, so it does seem like, oh yeah, now I'm really like living it up. I don't know. It's it's actually kind of dumb how excited I get about docking it. I play so the system I play. I'm in the middle there, right? I, I enjoy both ver- versions, but I will say I play more handheld than I play docked. Yeah. And but when, but I'm the same way with you. Is that when I dock it and I throw it up onto you know one of my big screens and I grab that pro controller, you know, and for Mario as the example right now, it's like, oh wow. You kind of get that feel like, oh wow, I should been, I should have probably played it from the beginning like this, <laughs> and then, but then you're like, oh, I gotta go, I'm gonna grab it and I'm gonna play Mario, and like you just, you, it's, it's just good either way, and that's what's so surprising, I think, like, over and over again with the with the Switch is like how well something like Mario or something like Breath of the Wild works on the go, and then you throw it in that dock and you and you still get that you know good feeling in the dock where you're like, this isn't just a bigger screen. Like it's not just a bigger screen. There is an experience here too, and yeah, I um, I just thought it was interesting though that that thirty percent have n- not docked their system. They play it. They're strictly the Switch is a handheld system for them. Yeah, like Deadites who have got small hands and they're okay with those small buttons. You know, and you know, I find it actually really surprising how often I play docked on the TV, uh, just uh, loose Joy Cons in the hand. Oh, I, got, yeah. I got little hands. It's comfortable. It really is not that I don't love the pro controller, uh, but I've actually been finding with Odyssey, um, when I'm at work, I throw the kickstand out and I uh, I hold I hold the Joy Cons loose, and even sometimes at home instead of the pro, I'll just I'll just hold the Joy Cons out because 
you know, again, it's not a popular opinion, but I actually kind of like motion control sometimes, and I like I like them. It's okay. Let me say it this way: it is easier to perform some of Mario's hat tricks with the motion controls than it is with the button configuration. So I like playing it that way a little bit more. Mario is a hundred. Mario Odyssey is a hundred percent designed for you to play loose Joy-Con. Yeah. If you want, if you want its full experience, it's 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 a hundred percent designed for you to hold Joy Cons d- detached. I, I I agree because I've played where I'm shaking my pro controller and I'm spinning the joystick to to twirl and I'm doing these things. I'm like, it's so much easier with the Joy Cons. Like, yes, I can do it with a standard controller, but it's so much easier and just feels more like this is how they thought the game should be played they're just giving me option b and option c if i want it and, and to me i've shook my whole switch before <laughs> yeah i haven't done that because i'm afraid to do that um because i'll throw it because again i have little hands no grip but i think about how good it feels to use the motion controls on mario odyssey and then i think back to what was a launch or second release on the Wii of the version of Ultimate Alliance I play where like the motion controls having to like wiggle or stab the Joy-Con I mean the the nunchuck and stuff is so unintuitive it's enraging to play so just to see in a decade where we've come with motion controls actually in some circumstances adding to the experience is nice yeah absolutely all right, uh, next topic. Rezogun developer Housemark has abandoned shoot 'em up genre after poor sales. Mm. This is sad news. A developer that yep. does it very well, yeah, too. Yeah, Finnish studio Housemark, maker of modern classic shoot 'em ups like Rezogun, Next Machina, is moving away from the develop arcade games, uh, developing arcade games due to poor sales. Housemark CEO and co founder. Oh God, Lurie Kuttinen spoke about the decision. Wait, wait, you couldn't say Lurie Kuttinen? I, I mispronounced. You should have let me do it. Those yeah. are my people, the Finns. Did I get it? Let me read it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, closer in my eyes. Where is it? Right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lori Kutnin. All right, good. Yeah. Spoke about the decision to move away from the genre they love regarding their game's quality uh, in the letter to fans. So basically he came out and said, despite critical success and numerous awards, our games just haven't sold in the significant numbers. While some of them have reached a massive audience due to free game offerings across various digital sale channels, this unfortunately doesn't help pay for development, which gets costly for high production quality. So uh, they're going to abandon and abandon that, uh, which is their roots. It's where the, this the whole uh, company even developed from, uh, and they're going to move on to new genres. What do they? What do they charge for one of these games? I've never bought one. I've just played some on your systems. Uh, you know, again, Rezogun was a fourteen ninety nine. I think Next Machina was fourteen ninety nine. They float around nine ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine, and uh, or they fall into that. A lot of times they'll come out on the PlayStation for, for free. Um, you know. Uh, on, a, on a particular month. That's that's tough because that's about the right price point for a game like that. So it is kind of sad to hear yeah. that they weren't hitting what they would like for sales yeah. goals. Like the those. thing about it is, is like it, this game is just as fun as Skyforce. Not and we can't sit here and say Skyforce was successful. We don't know what Skyforce sales were. Like you know, m- most of you that are enjoying it right now didn't even know what it was unless I told you or until it became free. Uh, and the thing with Resogun is that it's just they, it was a very they were pretty games. They were impressive for um, you know pushing the system with amount of uh, um, objects on a screen and and overall it was just it was fun uh, and the music was great. Mm-hmm. So like I uh, I'm super bummed 
the but I also am excited to see what they could do in the different uh, uh, genre because I think I like their games because I can tell a the house mark style, and so I think that that'll transition into other into whatever you know they decide to develop next. So I'm actually kind of excited that you know maybe they release an RPG or they release something else, and uh, it could end up being my favorite game just like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Next Machina didn't do very well, but I can tell you it was so cool. That game is so cool. Um, the animations that they teamed up with, with, with some of the, you know, some famous anime, uh, creators were awesome. The music was awesome and the game was a lot of fun. It's just, no one seemed to care about it. And the sad part is that this is what happens, right? People love these arcade style games and then, but they don't buy them and, uh, they disappear, and then people start to complain, like, hey, how come no one makes these games anymore? And it's like, well, they did. No one bought them, and, and you ran them out of business, basically, or you forced them to change gears, and now you're, you're upset that they're not there. So, you know, it, it's a sad day, but at least Housemark isn't closing, where they're, they're just going to try something new. So best of luck to them. Next topic is for Deadite exclusively. Media Molecule has surfaced. Dreams is still in development. What? It is still yep. in development and it is still right now. very, very exciting. That's quotes. That's quotes. Okay, if you go back to our E3 coverage and we talked about like predictions, I was like, guess what my prediction for E3 this year is? We're not going to hear anything about Dreams because it's dead, so I am shocked. I honestly feel like I'm seeing someone return from the grave. Despite being a no-show at E3 2017 and at this year's Paris Games Week, Dreams is still in development. Uh, interview with But why? <laughs> Sony Senior Vice President of Worldwide Studios, Michael Denny, confirmed the game is still currently being worked on, despite the studio is sharing very little about the latest project for two years. Uh, his quote is simply, it is still in development. It is still very, very exciting. Uh, we're big fans of everything Media Molecule has done, and it's so wonderful, and it's very much in development, very much still progressing, and will very much be exciting when we next talk about it. And will very much be canceled in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new Last Guardian. He basically said uh, he teased people that they can expect to see Dreams again, saying the game will return quite soon, and when it does, it will blow people away. And that means we're going to see it at PlayStation Experience. That's what I, that's my prediction. And we're when gonna, is that? That's coming up uh, this month. End of this month. End of this month. Yeah, yeah. end of this month, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be massive. It's incredible. We've shown lots of it before. When we come back with it again, that will be fairly soon without putting any dates on it. It's going to blow people away. So so stay tuned for a whole GameZilla Alpha episode on this game. Ooh, God, I man. cannot wait to listen uh, to that one. Hope not. I'm going to be a real barn burner. Do not. <laughs> I'm burning my earbuds trying to get my ears on that game, Zill Alpha. Oh, my goodness. Jazzy Fiddle on Dreams. All right, next up uh, is just a, it's a nice little piece here. Player Unknown Battlegrounds developer quoted saying, I don't know if we deserve Game of the Year award. You don't? Yeah. So. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. G- game of the Year award? Yeah, let me let me finish the quote because I don't want you getting upset. This is actually a good a good message. So, 
creative director. Wait, can you get game of the year when your game hasn't f- released? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't created a game yet. Creative director Brendan Player Unknown Green was at, uh, asked what he thought of early access games like PUBG being considered for game of the year. So this wasn't pitched to him. This was pitched to him. To this him. wasn't his idea. Okay. Um, awards. And he somewhat surprisingly told uh, his response was, I don't want to win a game of the year award. And then his quote was, well, I would love to win it for the team. I think this year there have been far better games. Green specifically called out The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn as masterpieces of game design and storytelling. They're just wonderful, wonderful games. I think they will probably win it. I would hope they would win it. Green said about the award, it would be nice, uh, a nice feather in the cap for PUBG uh, to win as a team, but reiterated, I don't know if we deserve it. So that, um, and then the CEO, C.H. Kim, came out and said, we're really not interested in whether they, they deserve awards or not and are interested in focusing on bringing the best gameplay to Xbox and PC versions. So this, um, I thought Brendan did a really good job. He's like, listen, man, like there's better games than our game this year. Like if we were really in the running this year, we wouldn't win. Like that's yeah. uh, that's that's a gamer and someone that loves what they do, living in the industry and living in the world that they live in, and that's that to me makes that person feel genuine and real. Do you think he potentially shot himself in the foot with the way that he's gone about the development of this game in the fact that it's super popular right now and it's technically still alpha beta, whatever they're putting it in at this point. So that way, when the game does release, so that he has the ability to potentially win a Game of the Year award, it's kind of like the Fed's over. I mean, yes, and I also think it's hard to win Game of the Year when you're just a battle royale game. Like, I, I no, nothing against it. You're going to make a lot of money. I was going to say, is he worried yeah. about getting Game of the Year? As he as he <laughs> right. dives into his Scrooge McDuck pool of yeah. money that he has, you're yeah. going to make a lot of money. And so that so now the question comes like. Yeah, you want awards to put in your cabinet, I guess, in your office. But like in the end, like PUBG is going to be just fine, and and Blue Hole is going to be just fine. So I don't know. As far as your question, does early access to the point where it feels like a game is technically out and available hurt your fact that when you officially hard launch the game, hundred percent? Because like for me, like I'm excited for the Xbox version, the for only one reason, because I'm getting a brand new Xbox and I want something to play on it and because it wasn't on a console before. As far as its PC version, when it comes out on Steam officially, I won't care. There's no difference. Like, like what'll matter is like there's new maps, there's new things. It'll feel more like an update than it will feel like a release. A release, currently, yeah. And that's you know that, and I think yeah, that's a hundred percent a problem um, when it comes to, you know, yeah, trying to fe- trying Soak to be re- trying to be relevant in the time in, in the now. Um, EA. Coming out, making changes to Star Wars Battlefront 2 loot crate system uh, following beta feedback. So we heard they were going to make changes. Now we know that the epic star cards have been removed completely from the crates. Um, so some of the biggest things that were going to give you that pay-to-win uh, functionality have been removed from the loot crates entirely, You're gonna, which sounds like the only way to earn those now is in-game. 
Okay. Um, so that does change the progression system in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, and basically, in a post on their official website, EA said it looked at feedback from those who participated in the beta and has made several changes to the loot crate system in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Epic star cards have been removed from crates, and players will need to reach a certain rank in order to craft upgraded star cards. Um, while a few weapons will be made available in crates, the rest can only be acquired by playing the game, with each locked behind specific milestones. Additionally, players will be able to unlock class-specific items and gear by playing as that class, as reaching specific milestones will grant them crates specific to that class. So now you have to earn them by grinding that class, by hitting those milestones. They'll still be in a, in a loot box, but you're only able to get that loot box by achieving some, you know, some sort of gameplay, some sort of investment in time uh, within the game. It's an RPG loot system. It is, it is more, yeah, definitely. Um, so the use of loot crates was a major concern amongst uh, those in the beta, raising fears that Battlefront 2 might be uh, might end up being a pay-to-win game. Uh, Electronic Arts recently clarified the use of the loot crates in an attempt to um, um, you know calm calm the players. And the rundown of everything that's going to be changing, you're going to be able to find right on our download page for this episode. Uh, but they, they bullet point everything to get a little more in detail uh, about what I just said. So, But it, it sounds – this is a 100% day one patch reassuring me where I'm more back on board with this game. So Yeah. If, if this didn't happen, I think I was out. I, I, yeah, I was, uh, I was 100% out um, because – it, 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 this game was literally going to implode on itself. <laughs> there was no chance. All right. Here's one of our main topics here. Xbox executive defends the lineup of exclusives. Microsoft Studios publishing general manager Sharon Loftus has defended the Xbox One lineup of exclusive games and indicated that unannounced exclusives are in the works. Speaking to GameSpot, uh, Loftus said, I think our offering is good and it is solid. I definitely hear that gamers want more. We do have more coming, more that are in the works that we're not talking about now. But I feel good about what we have to offer for the launch of Xbox One X. Addressing the criticism that many of the Xbox exclusives, such as Forza 7, Cuphead, and also are, are also available on PC through the Xbox Play Anywhere program, Loftus was more bullish. I may be out in left field, but I do not see how offering games on more platforms to more gamers is a bad thing necessarily, particularly in a multiplayer scenario. Loftus did, however, acknowledge that the studio would be more um, studio would like more exclusives on its books, but stopped short of saying exactly what's caused the perceived shortfall right now. The last quote from her would be, "We would love to have two dozen more super strong, absolutely exclusive. You bet." And then she ended it off. It's been a tough couple of years for Xbox exclusives. Microsoft, we've seen Microsoft scan, cancel Scalebound, cancel Fable Legends, delay the long awaited Crackdown 3 uh, into 2018. We've seen a lot of these problems, right? Um, so for her to come out and say, I feel good about the library that the X has right out the gate is a little, a little ridiculous. Um, the reason why I brought this article up, though, is because. Um, Big Daddy came out and, and made and made noise after this happened. And, of course, I'm referencing to Phil Spencer. 
So mm-hmm. Microsoft then uh, made this made a big noise uh, this week. Investing Microsoft is investing in studios to make more first party games. Microsoft will invest more in software and services in the near future with a view to making more first-party games, according to Phil Spencer. Speaking uh, with Bloomberg, Spencer said, We need to grow, and I look forward to doing that. Our ability to go create content has been one of our strengths. We haven't always invested at the same level. We've gone through ups and downs in the investment. The re- the renewed focus on games made in-house, presumably to fill out Xbox One's much-criticized lack of exclusives, will come through either buying or creating new development studios, according to Spencer. Microsoft created uh, single franchise studios, 343 Industries and The Coalition, to handle their Halo and Gears of War, respectively. It has bought the likes of Rare in the past, although it has also shut down Lionhead, which is your Fable creator, and Press Play last year. Uh, The move as Microsoft releases the Xbox One X, presumably freeing up some of its resources that were being used on the hardware development. So now we're assuming that some of those teams are being pushed off to develop first-party exclusives. Um, I mean... (laughs) I have to bring up what... Okay, so in the Twitch feed, we have Sheriff of Patty, who we are collaborating with on the mouse giveaway, is saying that they are going to... Promise more first-party games so that they can cancel and or delay them. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not an Xbox fan. (laughs) Yeah, the the last piece of this I wanted to include was that in the longer term, Spencer also says that Microsoft will probably introduce a game streaming service that doesn't require a console in the next three years. It will be powered by the Azure cloud servers that Microsoft uses for many of its services. Um, making the process both cheaper and at a better quality level than what was possible with previous attempts. Um, so basically, they're like, we want to build exclusives, but we have this Xbox Play Anywhere that that w- when that got announced, we all sat at this table and said, you kind of don't have exclusives anymore for your console, yet you've redesigned your console. You've now, you're now about to release your, your Monster Beast console, but none of it is required to actually play any of your games because you allow them to be played on PC. Now, mind you, from, from the PUBG standpoint, does Microsoft care if they have an exclusive Halo that is sitting on 30 million systems uh, or they have, an, they have a Halo that is on 30 million Xboxes and potentially God knows how many PCs, right? So from the revenue standpoint, Microsoft looks at it like, we don't fucking care. Right. Exclusives, but, but from the fan standpoint, they're starting to get that pushback finally. They're starting to at least notice it more where they're like, wow, people really want this and we're not giving it to them. Yeah. And and mind you, uh, <laughs> Sheriff of Patty, um, he actually made a tweet earlier today that I laughed about is that he shared this news article and then his comment was, okay, great. Um, stop talking about it for the last two years like you have been and actually and do, do it. it. Yeah. And that's so true is that we have heard this, this, this promise from Microsoft before. The only thing that I feel better about is that it's Phil. Phil is coming up and talking about this and now Phil is the man. There is no Phil has to go talk to this guy to go talk to the CEO of Microsoft. No. Phil talks to the CEO of Microsoft now. He's at the big boy table. Mm-hmm. 
It's all on Phil now. If they succeed, it's because of Phil. If they fail and trip and f- and and screw up more, it's all on Phil. And so you either believe in this guy because there's right. no more roadblocks in front of him. He has no excuses. He can't sit here and say, "Well, yeah, I took it to you know the VP of computers and he was supposed to go talk to the CEO and he didn't." Right? There's no more of that. There's no more excuses now. It's Phil. Yes or no? Did he get it done? And here we are. And upon the the launch of Xbox One X, upon upon the the turnaround that they that we've seen with Xbox in general, I'm not saying they're going to catch PlayStation. They're not going to win this generation, but they're right. going to but but, but shit or get off the pot. They're in like, the position to right the ship and at least be successful yeah. in their own in their own way, right? It's like, like, hey, here's this really like bland, okay tasting, non unique cupcake. But wait, we're gonna we're we're buying the best oven you could possibly buy in the Xbox One X, <laughs> and we're promising you that we're gonna use better ingredients. But where's my damn cupcake that's gonna taste like amazing uniqueness? Like, <laughs> well, they, yeah, yeah. They, You're just thinking about those cupcakes I the just, glitch's I, wife made. Yeah, that's, those are so good. That's, what you, <laughs> that's so exactly good. what you were just thinking. About. 100%, 100%. The glitch's wife made the best cupcake <laughs> okay. for for Five Mile Rick's birthday. Listen, Phil, they were awesome. <laughs> Phil, you needed to show up at Five Mile Rick's birthday so you could have tried these cupcakes to completely understand the analogy I just made. Do what the glitch's wife did with those cupcakes to the Xbox, and we'll have no problems. Make something amazing. (laughs) All right. So that that was the uh, that was the Microsoft update. We'll see how it goes here uh, in this with the Xbox One X launch and uh, and, and then moving into next year where where we should be getting news of. I don't know what it's going to be. We're going to have a Halo update. We're going to have the next Gears installment. We're going to have and those are the things we expect. So what what I need to see is when are we getting Ori. When are yeah. when, you know what's the next what's the other yeah. indie game that I that I didn't know about that's going to shock me? Microsoft's the, you know, 2018 E3 has to be an exclusive who's show. Taking, period. Who's like, that's taking <laughs> over Fable and rebooting Fable? Those are these are things that I want to see. It's wait, actually a mobile wait, app, wait, wait, wait. They already said <laughs> no one wants those games. No one wants a rehash of Battletoads and of all those old properties with Rare. Well, with, with Rare, but with, Fable, yeah. but Fable, they did come out and say that that Fable that the that the IP is alive and that they're figuring out what to do with it. And and I loved Fable um, for the most part. You know, it, it fell the apart. First two was great. Yeah, it fell apart in the end. But I believe you give that to the right team and you have a very strong franchise in Fable that I would love to see something new. Um, but yeah, we'll. Um, you know, time will tell. We'll see what happens. I hope Phil isn't all talk, and because you know, and right now he's he's on the line. Now, if he doesn't get it done, everyone's gonna blame him. And to be fair, like, what else can he give us that's not exclusive content? Like, okay, we have all of this play anywhere, and now we have all this backwards compatibility. We have all this new everything on all the systems now. You have the most powerful console on the market that's coming out tomorrow. All you have left is to give us exclusive content. Yeah, like, you there's nothing else you, you can throw our way. You literally fixed everything else. You discontinued the Kinect. <laughs> you did it. You won. The Kinect's dead. You did it. 
<laughs> it's like you killed off. It's like you killed off your cousin. You didn't want at Thanksgiving. Like we pulled the plug. Leroy's dead. <laughs> he smelled bad anyway. The connect is dead. You have officially fixed your hardware. Cut off all the all the yeah. the relatives that you don't want to be at your party. You have brought backwards compatibility through your entire like. And I get it. Not every game is backwards compatible, but you've allowed through your entire generations. Now you can play these games. And so in the end, like for me. I'm I'm happy with what you've done, and I think you've you've done a great job at cleaning up some of the mess. But you need games, and um, you know I'm not necessarily one to sit here and say you got to have exclusives. The play anywhere thing, if that's the way you want to roll, that's the way you want to roll. You still need games. You still need more. You, you need more. My concern right now is buying a Xbox One X is going to be like purchasing a Ferrari, but not being able to leave your subdivision. Yeah, it's basically buying. <laughs> like, it's, like I got this really right. cool car. Yeah. I literally can't go you anywhere over twenty five miles an hour. You <laughs> basically bought an Atari Jaguar and then realized, oh shit, there's no games to play on it. Like what? Tempest, <laughs> man. There was a version of Tempest on there. <laughs> I played Doom for a long time, but that was it. <laughs> no, um, we'll see though. I'm excited to get my X. Um, it's gonna, you know, the the play, the Xbox will be my new uh, third party uh, single player machine and uh we'll see what microsoft does from there but we got to get moving we got more to talk about so we'll we'll pay attention to microsoft when they actually show us something versus just yeah we'll flapping, talk about them again when we do something flapping so. their mouths we'll see you next year yeah all right <laughs> see you never let's talk about a company that has been doing a lot the four biggest things that came out of blizzcon 2017 Ooh. That's right. BlizzCon 2017 happened over the weekend. Um, it was. It looked like a fantastic uh, time. Uh, I purchased the virtual ticket, so I was enjoying a lot of the, you know, um, you know, panels and the Overwatch, uh, yeah. the, the extended Overwatch coverage, and I really got to experience. All of the changes, uh, or, or not changes, all of the advancements that have been made for. Overwatch competition viewing, and we'll get into that. But um, so, side note: Blizzard does a great job of those viewing passes. Like they do that right. See, I yeah, I. How s- much was it? Forty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Forty bucks, but I got ten dollars off a goodie bag. So nice. and so, I got my goodie bag too. They'll be shipped to me, which is a BlizzCon backpack that's Velcro on the front. It comes with these blind bags of Velcro patches of all sorts of Overwatch or other game characters that you can customize your backpack, and then a few blind boxes and stuff like that. Nice. So, yeah. So now I got forty bucks. You gave me the access. And we I got know Blizzard's 10. always good for the loot. Yeah, it, it worked out well. So um, obviously, I would have liked to be there, but it's California, and we've already we we've pretty much spent our budget on trips this year. Year, so it, it, it's something that we're working towards that we'd like to go to eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, so four biggest announcements coming out of BlizzCon. Number one, StarCraft Two goes free to play. They're officially making StarCraft free to play uh, November fourteenth, and that'll basically mean you're going to be able to play through the Wings of Liberty story content and even jump onto the ranked ladder without paying a cent. Um, and then you'll be able to buy into the Heart of the Swarm and Legacy of the Void expansions separately. So Man, I, I might do that. Yeah. I, I've never played StarCraft. It's, dude, StarCraft was, was a lot of fun. The campaign we, alone, it was worth it. Yeah. We know I like an RTS game. Yeah. I, th- I, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, and going free-to-play for a game that's as old as it is, it's, super, it's an exciting way to get new players into the game and into the genre. Yeah. So uh, it was, it's a good move for them. Next up, Hearthstone Dungeon Run. This is something that Hearthstone's been missing that almost 
uh, got it has me thinking about man, I should start playing this game again. So, in addition to a new card set that they're that they uh, called the what is it the Cabolds and Catacombs, Cabolds and Catacombs, Hearthstone is getting its first truly replayable single player mode dungeon run. Uh, the game director described it as Hearthstone roguelike, where you have to face a randomized set of eight bosses. E- each one you beat gets you a treasure to make your deck stronger, but losing sends you all the way back to the beginning. It kind of reminds me of a Mortal Kombat uh, tower. You know, I know you don't fall down the tower when you lose, but it's that idea that you know you get these randomized eight, you get to play through it. You get each one you beat, you get a perk. If you beat it all, then you're you're champ. If you lose, though, you gotta start over. So super cool. Um, it's it's basically part. Uh, it's something that Hearthstone's been missing, and um, with all the new expansions coming out, Dungeon Run seemed like you know it was important, and it'll be entirely free. So that's huge. That's random too, because all of like the dungeons or raids that you could do solo beforehand, you just YouTube how to beat it, and you'd have like some simple card that would just beat it, and then you get the treasure, and everybody had all those cards. Yeah. So now it's making it a little more unique to actually get the cards from the treasure at the end. Yep. Uh, then I'm going to hand it over to Cable to introduce our newest hero from Overwatch. I forgot her name already. Is it Myra? Moira? Moira. M O M O I R A. I like her already. <laughs> no, I, I do. I like I her. I forgot her name. I don't know her but name, I but her. I like her. Yeah. I like her because I like her. Because um, she's a hybrid. She's a hybrid. She can she's heal. She's a hybrid support damage dealer. Yes, and her ult allows you to do damage while healing your team. So if you're in the middle of a fight and there's, if there's a big group fight, she can alt right into it and start doing damage and healing the team as they go. It's it's sick. Yeah. I like her. I like her play style. It's like, no, I can't spell it, Sasha. <laughs> um, I like how that she's been playing. Like the people that using like Moon Moon was screaming um, and, and using her, um, how he was able to throw his heels to um, heal himself and heal his team while shooting damage. And she has a bit of a life steal to her too. Mm-hmm. So when she's hitting you with her damage, which is her, I think her right hand, no, her left, no, her right hand is damage, her left hand is heals. Um, she has a little bit of life steal. Yeah, well, her alt is like a giant laser. Yeah. So you shoot it out and then if, for everything that it hits, um, Everything it hits enemy wise, you cause damage, but everything that you hit that's friendly, you heal. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. So it's like Valkos that would heal your team yes. while doing damage. Yes, yes, yes. Hundred percent. Um and Ooh, then like so you have that. Like she has she has the ability to teleport around the map. Uh she can send out a bouncing ball that will either heal or hurt as she chooses. And then I already told you about her ultimate, but um, yeah, and she's another uh, villainous character. So the Overwatch hasn't gotten a ton of the villain side um, additions, but um, she'll be. We're going to be seeing what the impact she has on the meta because she's an interesting hybrid that we haven't seen a whole lot of. So, but yeah. Uh, my last piece on the top four: World of Warcraft Classic servers. Man, Jazzy, this one's for you. Take it over. What? What? What are we getting here, and how excited are you? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not super excited, but for anybody that is a, a like a World of Warcraft fan, being able to basically relive what was World of Warcraft when you first started is gonna be huge. So they're basically taking 
the World of Warcraft and almost rebooting it for these people to where it's like, hey, if you go play on this server, you're getting like the original World of Warcraft, which is huge with the amount of expansions that they had that they had in this that they have had in this game already. They're on like seven or eight now. Yep. And they, I believe they just announced a new one here as well. Whoa, man! Whoa, you're blowing, you're blowing my yeah, my well, you story can, here. You can talk about Jeez. it. I'm just saying Jeez. that, that, Calm that down. you know adds some more to it. But uh, the fact that they're going to have a specific server for just the classic World of Warcraft, where you want to play the original content, and you get with a group of people that want to just play the original content. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks it looks really cool. Uh, and this the, it it was the um, least expected announcement because Blizzard has said publicly many times that it wasn't something they wanted to do, and that it was going to be a massive technical challenge, and that it just it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and then pff, there it is. So, um, so that's cool. Uh, the other pieces I wanted to mention is that Blizzard World skins are coming to Overwatch. So some really cool um, Blizzard inspired. Skins from other games are finding their way into uh, Overwatch, including a new Roadhog skin that looked pretty pretty ba-, ba. So, yeah, I saw it. It looks pretty yeah. good. And now I want to throw us out there. I tried to recently get a game of Overwatch going in the Overwatch thread in Discord, and one jazzy fiddle responded with, "Yeah, I'd love to play Overwatch." But on you know, I was like, "Oh, who wants to play Overwatch on PS4?" He's like, "I'd love to play Overwatch on PS4." But change Overwatch to League and PS4 to PC. And then everyone's like, yeah, man, Jazzy, I'll play League with you. I'm like, Jazzy, what the hell? I'm trying to get a game of Overwatch going. Jazzy straight up raid sniped you right there. He's still yeah. so you're yeah. still raid. Oh, How does yeah. it feel, you son of a bitch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty excited, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get this Overwatch game going. I haven't played Overwatch in a while. And Jazzy just pulls everyone over to League, and I was like, I guess I'll go screw myself then. Like, yeah. Luckily, so, I had Mario to lean back I, on. I think the BlizzCon is brought a lot of light, a lot of breath back into Overwatch for us, and I think maybe for a lot of your casual gamers are really interested again um, because of these because a lot of the announcements, the new skins, which will be um, base loot box, um, so they're not going to be event based, and they will be available permanently um and they they'll come out early next year so those skins are coming along with blizz world a new map they're going to introduce that is a theme park that has theme park attractions of all their games nice so it looks really cool again for blizzard fans it's just there's they're doing such a fun job of sharing their different ips together in a way that just works so um that was pretty cool news, along with, uh, and sorry, the Blizz World map comes early next year too. So, the uh, the of course the other piece that Jazzy kind of leaked out here a little bit because he's leaky is that World of Warcraft Battle for is it Azeroth? Did I get it right there, yeah, Champ? Azeroth. Yep. There we go. I watched the movie once, so I thought maybe I knew it. Um, so yeah, it got basically the next expansion has finally been revealed. It is the seventh expansion, so you were pretty much on the spot there. Um, and it's uh, the new expansion takes place on a pair of new continents called Kul, uh, Kul Taris and Zandalar. Sounds pretty okay, cool. uh, don't, familiar. Okay, don't beat me up. Not familiar, it but it features World new dungeons, new raids, and allows players to progress up to level one hundred and twenty. So yeah. Yeah, another and cool the trailer thing. and the trailer was fucking awesome. Oh, the trailer I've is never awesome. played. I've yeah. played like zero World of Warcraft, and I was like, 
oh my god, do I should I play World of Warcraft? Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, this trailer is sick. <laughs> it was the best trailer. Like people are calling it the best trailer for of World of Warcraft ever. So. Yeah, uh, another cool thing to come out of uh, this announcement as well is there was an app that you could get on at BlizzCon where you could look up your character and then basically send it to, I forget who it was, uh, at at the actual event, and they literally 3D model miniaturized your character (laughs) and then took it and dyed it a color, either Horde or Alliance, and then created the biggest oh, world yeah. record breaking um like uh, diagram or whatever dia- like, like, yeah, yeah diorama model yeah it was huge oh, that's i was like so what cool. the was, fight for lordaeron i was so. wondering what it was i was like looking at pictures of it i'm like what the hell is this i know they set a world record or whatever with it yeah, but a world record for over 10,000 miniature figurines outside of the undercity in the battle of lordaeron yeah, that's super cool. That's real cool. And it's each each one of these little figurines is an actual active player's character that's 3D sculpted. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. So yeah, um BlizzCon was a lot of fun and I would like to see more virtual ticket stuff like this from other companies because and and, and the problem is Blizzard just Blizzard is special, right? Like we can sit there and just call it they are. They're very special. So like Though I want virtual tickets for everything that I can't that I can't physically go to, I know I'll be disappointed because the Blizzard experience is just so good, and especially for me who I'm an Overwatch fan, and that's and like honestly I don't really play anything else Blizzard. I respect everything they do, but but I actually found myself like oh man maybe I should download that. Oh maybe I should give that a try. Like I, it, it was it was good. So if you can't make it to BlizzCon next year, uh, the forty dollar virtual ticket gets you a lot. And uh, and and a lot of inside, inside uh, stuff that doesn't necessarily hit the uh, you know hit the news feeds right away. So and the Overwatch competition viewing is, I mean I know that I know the public got some of it, but what you could do in the virtual ticket was cool. It was really cool. There was like camera control on some of the stuff, not for in game, but like to look around and things like it, it was. It was awesome. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the best. It was the best experience, short of being there, and um, that was the last piece I want to talk about, which kind of transitions us into Jazzy's esports. Was they? It really looks like Blizzard looked at the competitive scene of Overwatch and said, "This doesn't work. We're screwed," and built out an entirely new system that we saw at BlizzCon that works. And, and, and it's mind-blowing. Now, first off, let's just talk camera AI, okay? Yeah. The new camera AI that has been built for Overwatch is incredible. And we did not know this was an AI until, the, you know, afterwards when they started talking to the engineers that developed this. This camera that we're watching that's making these split-second decisions to change the cameras and how to follow different characters and even slow-mo things, and do it's all automated. It's all calculating all this data, priority, all that stuff live during the match and making the decisions where the broadcasters can focus on the broadcast and they don't have to manually make these decisions. And so they have a little bit of control in case they want to show something. They can. But, but straight out, it just, it just works and it literally made... It literally made me interested in watching competitive Overwatch because we tried. We tried watching competitive oh, Overwatch yeah. at PAX, 
and I watched two rounds, and I was like, I don't care who wins. It was I like don't... watching the Blair Witch Project on Steam. And it was the Immortals, so I mean, you know yeah. we were interested. Man, you know it was Little Immortals, R.I.P., <laughs> League of Legends, Immortals, team. But... But the uh, the new overhead, the new third person, the new top down view, um, basically being able to show strategic plans, strategic flanking. Um, um, they gave a great example of yeah, you know watching this. a pro player, watching a pro player that plays Genji, go into his alt and move at a rate that is faster than the average human can even do. Yeah, and make you want to throw up. It makes you want to puke. And so, but then they show what the camera does is that the second, the second that happens, it, it kind of pans out and freezes the room and just starts to trace Genji as he goes through his path of just wrecking people and then zooms back into the character. And it was like, oh my God, that was sweet. And then they go, now check this out. We can then go post-game talk about how that play was a play of the game, was very important, let's break it down. And then it gets even cooler, They you go third person, you watch Genji start dashing, and they freeze frame, where it's like three-dimensional, and they just slow it, they start running at like 2%, and you start to see a movie, like right here is where, you know, Diva came flying in, dropped her mech, and just and, and really sealed the deal for Genji to, to, and, and Diva to clear the clear the map and move the payload. And then like then they speed it back up, and it all happens, mm-hmm. and it it works flawlessly to the point where I was like, okay, this has a chance. I, all of a sudden, I'm I'm interested to see what Overwatch League is all about. Um, and and you know it's tough in the first per- like we've always talked about it is that a first person shooter is tough to sit there and watch competitively because you're either flipping between characters you you get so disoriented as far as like who am i looking at where am i in the map like what's going on and i felt like this new this new uh, camera angle the new the new decisions they made has made it a little bit better it's still not you know league of legends it's still not that i can where i'm like i can see perfectly that this guy's in trouble because the jungle's coming down and this you can see a play form right, right? and it's they're a lot faster than league though too. yeah and they're trying to do it with overwatch and i think they they've at least made the right steps with this camera with these decisions and that leads me with my last thing is that teams now have jerseys teams oh. now have skins oh, teams now have home and away skins they developed for overwatch world cup here they basically developed um, n- national skins. Yep. So you had the USA, you had uh, Canada, you had um, Korea, and you had all these teams. And even their move sets started to highlight in their color form, so that when you know um, Zyra would throw down her alt, you would know which whose it was. Yeah. You know, because US's was red and uh, Korea's was white. You know, so you would you could start to tie that together and 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 connect it where it wasn't so just such a mess, such a yeah. just a cluster clusterfuck. <laughs> so essentially for each of these teams what they did is they did kind of like any uh sport team would do in the fact that like they have a white version which is kind of like the away version for most teams now and then a colored version of their team as well. And depending on what color that team is, it'll highlight all of their moves and skill sets into that color, be it either white or the the main color of the team. Yeah. 
But if you want to talk about BlizzCon, you want to talk about Overwatch, and you want to talk about the competitive scene, you need to join the Discord. Hop on over to MotorCityGaming.com right now. Click that button on the homepage. Join the MCG, MCG Discord. Talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. Do it. We're in there every day hanging out, too, so you can talk with the hosts. Um, that was your attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit MotorCityGaming.com and continue the conversation, like I said, in the Discord. Uh, and then, if you're not getting enough, if GameZilla Podcast is just not enough for you. Never enough! You listen to us, or you, you watch <laughs> us live on Twitch, you re-listen to us on, on the podcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is you like to listen, and it's just not enough, then you need to check out and go listen to GameZilla Alpha every Sunday for that extra dose of give it to me, Jazzy. What is Zilla activity? That's right. You invented it. It's a thing. Zilla activity. It's live. Game now. Zilla Alpha. Let's talk some esports. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh my God, Frybrook! Are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon. Oh, let's break it. Okay. For esports this week, my question is going to be revolving around Overwatch, but let's get you know the small news out of the way first. Um, so, if you're a professional League of Legend team that has been to has won every Finals World Championship that you've been to, who might you be? Um, Cloud Nine. Definitely not Cloud9. Okay, you would then be my second guess is definitely SKT. They're SKT. on the same level. Yeah, SKT. Same level. <laughs> Every finals match they have been to, they have won. They are currently the leaders in the most World Cup titles. They have three out of the seven seasons. And this year, they might have come up a little bit short, losing their first World's Finals appearance to Samsung Galaxy... <laughs> That's a lot of horns. Legit. Samsung 3-0'd them. Swept. And destroyed them. Thank God. You want to know why? (sighs) Not because I don't like SKT. Not because they've won too much. But it's because of one player they decided to sign. And I just love the fact that he just keeps getting destroyed at the right moments in his career. And that is Hooney. (laughs) Hooney, you can go to hell, man, okay? If you're watching this, go to hell. I don't like you. At all. You just, you, no. Bad. And so, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Samsung Galaxy. You fucking did it. Yeah, they did it. I'm super excited for them. I'm I'm glad that uh, even though it was a rematch of last year, we didn't see a repeat of last year. So we did have the other team that lost last year's Worlds to SKT actually defeat them this year. So you had that a little bit of mix up and, you know, you're not having a repeat of the same old thing that happened last year. But uh, it's also nice to see as well that um, afterwards Faker was so upset. Like, he's so, like, robot drone-ish. Like, he's just in the zone, and he's known as the best player in the world. And you're kind of just like, yep, here he goes. He's going to just do amazing things. And he struggled in this final series. And then afterwards, he was just like, there's a lot of pictures on Twitter and LOL Esports and stuff like that where he's, like, hand-buried in his face, and his team really had to kind of, like, pick him up to get him to shake Samsung Galaxy's hand at the end because he was just so upset at his play. So it's, you know, although... I mean, you, you play like a bitch, you die like a bitch, <laughs> Faker. 
Although it's kind I like, of a, I like seeing that he was human. I like right. seeing that, and this shows the rest of the world that he is touchable, and that's and that's and, and that he is not this robot that is that's going to beat every single match. And the the fact of the matter is, I think this shows you know from NA to I don't care what what division you're in. You have a chance now, like, and and you can look at this. You can look at these matches, and you can study these and say, how did they get to Faker? How did they not let Faker snowball? How how did they make him look human? And and you know, I think unfortunately for Faker, this is going to you know open up and and give confidence to some some teams that maybe thought would come in to play SKT and just you know roll over. And now you know now they're not unbeatable. They're not this unstoppable force anymore yeah can we talk about the stage for a minute oh the stage that looks like summer's rift yes yeah isn't that awesome yeah so um the map that you play on is called summoner's rift and they legit just make a giant looking map out of the stage of summoner's rift and it's awesome (laughs) it just looks so cool the way they like light it up and like this year they've done something that I haven't seen in what that was. Okay, well, do we have images of this that we can pull up? I haven't seen it. Oh, they just showed it. Hold on. Yeah. So you see if you can pull it up, but it's um, super. It was super yeah. impressive. Another cool story outside of Worlds is um, Ambition, who is part of the winning Samsung Galaxy team, actually started the reign of SKT, winning their first. So he's actually been on both sides of the playing field to where he was in the playing for SKT during their first victory of Worlds. And now he has since fourth been you know removed from SKT, playing on Samsung Galaxy, and has now defeated SKT at Worlds. So kind of cool how it switched. But yeah, so you have the oh, three that lanes. Cool. That is cool. Yeah, it puts up all like the characters and who they're playing and stats and stuff like that on it. It's really neat. That's yeah. neat. So um, I also wanted to shout out. I don't have the names, but the Legends Never Die was the song that was released for Worlds 2017. They did a live performance uh, before the um, actual game took place, and it was awesome. Oh yeah, uh, the musical performances are yeah. on point. It was really good, and they did this crazy CGI thing that I don't know how it looked for the people there, but the fans reacted. So it was weird. But one of the Drakes cr- cr- lands on top of the stadium. Right, and the stadium has an opening on the top, and it crawls in and flies around above the crowd, and then lands on the stage right by the singer, and then like screams and then flies away. And but when it flew over the crowd, and it's, again to me it looked CGI, like they couldn't, they didn't see it, right? But the crowd reacted to it. Yeah. So like I don't know if they were like, you know, like staged to act to it, or or if they did some sort of crazy hot, like I don't know, but it was really cool. Um, I just feel like every year that I watch League, the scale and and the development of of what this product is that they're that they're building on a competitive level just impresses me. A- every year just gets better. Yeah, and so yeah, so it's like right here the, the 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 giant cup comes up and then this Drake lands, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I can tell it's not real. I can tell it's not you know like some giant puppet or something. You can see it on the tron. I think that's what they're reacting. And maybe to. they can, see, yeah. So they, yeah. yeah, they can see it on the giant jumbotron. But it's so cool just watching it fly over, you know, around this like stadium. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was real fun. And yeah. It's an elder Drake, so yep. elder dragon or whatever. Yeah, the elder dragon. Yep. Yeah, and then the the younger ones are the drakes. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Riot puts on a great show. Um, cool looking Definitely, dragon. definitely the opening ceremony is kind of split. So like. 
everything they do as far as like the very beginning to like the instrumentals and and all the music and stuff awesome they still need a little bit of work riot in the actual opening ceremony itself because it can get pretty bland after that you, you can't come out like you know shooting hot and then just oh here's the teams oh and then yeah. they, they call them out like so they got a little bit of work to do, but it's gotten bigger. It's gotten better every year. And uh, congratulations again to Samsung Galaxy for their victory in Worlds this year. Shame on you, TSM, Cloud9, and Immortals. My phone is a Samsung Galaxy. It feel- See, you're a winner. Mine's <laughs> too. S4 Active. S4 Active. Works forever. Four-year-old phone. <laughs> All right, and then my question for you guys, the debate topic for this week's episode is based upon Overwatch getting the basically team skins, being a home and away type of thing. And um, do you think that this is something that all of esports should implement? Should there be a home and away jersey or at least two separate colors for each individual team? And I mean, league league doesn't have it, but they have. But the win, the, the champion gets their skins, and that's one of my favorite things. Is mm-hmm. that I like? I can't wait to see the Samsung Galaxy skins. Right, like that's what I'm waiting. Like literally, that's what I'm waiting for next. We got preseason right around the corner with all these changes, and I'm like, what are the skins gonna look like? You know, like I'm just like thinking about that. So if you told me that instead they were gonna develop home and away skins for for you know that they could place on their champs. Um, or maybe just chromas, right? You can pick your skin, throw a chroma it on it. It could easily be a, a like a team-based chroma that yeah. Riot could put on themselves. So, yeah. like, let's just say you have, since we're here in North America, next year we have Cloud9 playing versus TSM. No matter what champion they select, Riot has some sort of, like, underlying code where that champion gets a black TSM jersey and this champion gets a blue Cloud9 yeah. jersey and they just I, wear the chroma. Because I think to your question is, do I think it's like that all of them should do it? No, because because league league works where Overwatch gets such a becomes such a chaotic mess that you don't know what you're looking at. So being able to sit there and say, you know, that's USA or that's, you, you know, right? And, right? and be able to break it apart helps. Where in league I can, you know, I pay attention to like they're sneaky there's sneaky. There's impact. You know, like I know, I, I know it better. But it's also lanes, and it's also that concept that unless until you get in team fight, it's not too chaotic where I can't tell who's doing what. And so sometimes in these crazy team fights, yeah, absolutely, I think it would it would help. But then you think of games like PUBG, who's, which is coming onto the scene here to be competitive, and it's like could it could they make a chroma to go on these characters that they don't see? It's just for the viewership on the on, on the viewership side. So that way, when we see, oh, like the glow puck, yeah, like the yeah, glow, like right. the, glow <laughs> the greatest puck. invention of the NHL, yeah. or so, the glow lanes and bowling. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's interesting in, in in a PUBG standpoint. If you think about like a match that maybe has three teams that end up finding their way against each other, and from the viewer standpoint, all of a sudden I can see black and white uh, outfits. So I can say, oh, that's the TSM squad. I can see blue and white outfits over here. That's the Cloud Nine squad. Like. But they don't. But you don't want that in game because blue and white's going to stick out more than this guy right. that gets green over here, right? So, like for me, I feel like can you make a chroma that that is only visible to the to us, and in that sense helps break apart these you know these duo squads or whatever like that. So I think yes, I'd like to see branding in the in the color pattern across all competitive gaming. 
put in different ways. It doesn't have to necessarily be the right. same way that Overwatch is doing it. I'm gonna say Overwatch is necessarily because is necessary because you can be the same characters. So it's right. gonna get confusing when you see one person. And that's why they said, and then yeah, and that was the big right. difference. Even the alts get a get a highlight of their of their team color. Of their team color. So yeah, yeah. I think an important thing to think about is this is definitely an opportunity to make more money. Like, how likely are you to buy skins for your favorite teams, for your favorite player, home and away? It's it's a really good – and especially if they are just like any professional sport where they're – seems like every few years rolling out new or, you know, every – Football team has at least one special jersey per season. Well, that's that. It, there's there's a really good yeah. opportunity to have. A lot of these teams have come out and said yeah. said exactly that because esports has been so difficult to build a brand in because, and that's why Overwatch is so interesting. Is that Overwatch forced you to pick a city to make a team, right? So you got the right. Houston Outlaws, right? Yep. Like, and so you have this home. You have a home now where you can build a fan base where before. You're cloud nine. Your fan base is everywhere. And that's cool, but at the same time, you don't have a home base. Maybe you can call it California because that's where you're at, but it's not, you're, not, you're not tied to a region, really. Mm-hmm. And at first, it seemed really cool, but then to grow, to grow a brand, it's very difficult because you don't have that home stadium, and you don't have that home crowd that, that buys season tickets, and you don't have all of that that the standard sports teams do. You know, um, so I think it's I think it's very important, and I think I totally agree with with uh, Deadite here that it's going to make them money because they'll be able to to sell their products, their jerseys, their their decals. All, oh, I would you know. buy a Chroma TSM. Like, oh hey, here you who's your favorite champion? Uh, mine's Ari. Okay, well you can buy a Chroma yep. TSM Chroma where she's wearing a TSM jersey. Oh hell yeah, I'd buy yeah. that in a heartbeat. Yep, that's what I mean. So yeah. like, you know, so then you when you look at Riot side of it, it's like, well, there's more in-game purchasing going on and there, now that we're in a franchise and we're profit sharing, that equals more money for everybody. Yeah. And and let's be honest, a chroma development is minimal. Yeah. Like if you're going to if you're going to offer chroma where it just affects skins that you've already made, the development of that is is minimal. Yeah. So so, yeah, um, they have all of the teams for Overwatch League, which is going to be starting very soon here. Um, the teams already have, like, logos, and obviously, like you said, they're uh, positioned. The Outlaws is cool, man. So it's like two, I haven't seen these yet. I'm going to look it's it up It's like right two now. McCree guns that kind of <laughs> creates like a, like a horned um, a bull yeah. skull. Yeah. It's cool. But um, I will have those up on the website. But uh, the cool thing that uh, Blizzard did with Overwatch and the developers of Overwatch is, although we don't know what the actual team's jerseys look like yet, Blizzard went ahead and created jerseys for their in-game characters. So now they have a white version of their away characters and obviously a colored version based upon their... um, logo to their home skins yeah which is what we tied all into with them having the home and away and them having color coordination and their move sets and stuff like that becoming coordinated so but you will be able to see all of those on our website and it'll go through each one of the teams and what their skins are going to look like yeah 
they got some cool ones. I'm I'm uh, I'm happy with the design so far. There's a couple like lame ones I think we'll we'll see updates uh, relatively quick. But I thought Houston Outlaws was probably one of my favorites. Man, who who are you guys picking for a team? Oh yeah, I pulled it up here on my yeah, phone. Probably who? probably I like the Houston Outlaws. Man, which is that which is Team Optic. Is basically who it is. is. Optic, yeah, yeah. It's optic. Yeah. Um, optic. So, yeah. But I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm not liking any of them. Well, you're crazy. What do you mean? Look at the outlaws. They were sweet. So, I mean, that one's so the San Francisco shock. And it's funny how when they created these, um, this video to show the different color skins, they used a different Overwatch champion for each one. And it's funny how the uh, San Francisco shock has like almost like a sound wave underneath their logo. And, of course, they use Lucio for that demonstration. Uh-huh. So they kind of yeah. pinpointed where the Outlaws had McCree. So they kind of pinpointed uh, some of the similarities in these logos to the character that they decided to display these um, skins or and or. I like, mean, look at Florida on. Mayhem. It's literally a bomb, and the wick is a palm tree. I like that. It's clever. Okay, I gotta see who's on these teams before I make my. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, true. Right. That's true too. But all right, well, that's been the uh, esports section. Yeah, that's all I got for esports. Wait, right. Seagulls on a Dallas Fuel? Let's uh, let's wrap this up then, Jazzy and Cable. You, you can drool over your r- rosters later. And yeah. they have XQC. Okay, I'm a Dallas Fuel fan now. All right, well, we want to uh, <laughs> we want to yeah. re- remind everybody that you can influence the podcast by joining Patreon. Do it. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Podcast. You get great perks like early access to GameZilla, GameZilla Alpha. You can, uh, you know, vote for Fight Club. You can get cool tenured perks where we're giving cool swag back to you. Depending on how long you're a patron for us. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, it's win-win. Early access. The gift that keeps on giving. It's easy. Early access. Game, Game of the month giveaways. Um, tenure, tenure gifts, Fight Club, yeah, I mean, game of the month, yeah. You Think about it. We yeah. give you get video games. It's easy. You listen to us. It's easy decision. You love decision to listen to us already. So you go to patreon.com well yeah. slash the podcast. That's decision. Support us today. Start earning. I'm doing it right now. That's weird, but okay. Um, other than that, we want to thank our sponsor. I will thank them instead of the lovely southern gentleman that was here earlier in the show. Though he made solid points. He, he was a very wise, uh, prospectory type man. Go to DetroitBeardCollective.com and purchase all your beard care products. If you don't own beard care products, you're not doing your face any favors. Order your beard crate from DetroitBeardCollective.com and have your beard looking good, smelling good, feeling good, and... Uh, Hygiene's important. Trust me, I have to sit next to these two so I can emphasize the importance. I use the product. Hygiene. Just in general, not facial hygiene. Just Ah, this is this spun off into a PSA about deodorant. Use the checkout code MC Gaming to save 20% on orders $25 or more from DetroitBeardCollective.com. If retro gaming is your thing, listen to the Legend of Retro podcast every Thursday, everywhere that you listen to us iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, MotorCityGaming.com, your mom's radio. I don't know, wherever it is you listen. Yeah. Subscribe, like, your hit that follow button, radio. hit that heart emoji. Give us five stars. Do it all. Help us. We appreciate it. 
our last plug is just a reminder, collaboration with Sheriff Patty. We are giving away a Logitech G703 wireless gaming mouse right now. It's going through the month of November. You got time to sign up. Head on over to MotorCityGaming.com. Check us out on social media, wherever it is that you like to follow all of our stuff. We have posts so you can get that link and you can get signed up to try to win that mouse. So. Yeah, win it. And then you don't have to buy me a Christmas gift because you could just give me the mouse. <laughs> yeah, nice. that's true. Good call. Uh, and then lastly, we do want to give an early plug to GameZilla Alpha as we have a very special interview coming up with a YouTube celebrity but I'm not going to give you any more information. So just get ready for the next episode coming Ooh. out next Sunday of GameZilla Alpha. It's going to be special. Um, we're going to have a special guest on what, the wait, show. Time out. What, we're if, have an interview. what if I can't wait until Sunday? Then that's a great reason to join Patreon and become a patron <laughs> so you get that early access on yeah. Thursday. And I'm not going to spoil it, but this YouTuber's name starts with a letter. Ah, not a number. <laughs> you that are the a lot worst. of people are. <laughs> you are the worst, yeah. and people people are going. Yeah. All right. Well, um, join the Discord and and let us know what you think of Jazzy right now because I know what I know what I think of Jazzy. But we are the Elite Free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. Might as well rub dog feces in your beard. <laughs> <laughs>